Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Monday edition, Scoops with Danny Mac. I'm Dan McLaughlin, Tanner Hendrickson, our producer, and welcome into the show. Air Comfort Service text line 65780, and the Rhino Shield mic drop is available to you. I love it when you guys get involved in the show. Hopefully, I make you think. You make me think. Love your interaction on this show. Coming up, we'll visit with Nick Ragone. Ascension Charity Classic is coming up later this summer out at Norwood Hills, historic Norwood Hills. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about golf and what it's uh, meaning to the community here in St. Louis. But we're going to start with baseball. I was able to dive into a lot of the different uh, protocols for what is happening with Major League Baseball as they try to pull this off. It is a daunting task. I am cautiously optimistic that this can happen, and I think that's the way we have to approach it. I mean, baseball is not going to dive into this unless they feel that they can try realistically to pull this thing off. And the players are trickling back into St. Louis, trying to get workouts done. They have to be back by Wednesday. And there's COVID tests taking place over the weekend and throughout today and tomorrow and then Wednesday. And then uh, the workouts start and later this month. We will have baseball hopefully back on your television and on the radio. And um, it's something for you, the fan. I mean, guys are coming back into town. Owners are going to lose money, but yet it's important. It's a diversion for the American public. And that's what we're trying to do. It's pretty incredible what they're trying to do. Every moment of the workday scripted to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus. So when you're on the road, keyless hotel entry, you're socially distanced, 101 pages of health protocol. It's a 60-game season in 66 days across 28 cities. And it's tough. It is tough. How about Buster Olney? What does he think? Zero percent. Absolutely zero percent based on what I'm hearing. How confident are you that this season gets started with actual games? I would put that at 5%. I think that they're going to at least try in the next couple weeks. But I, especially in the face of these uh, you know, spiking numbers, it wouldn't surprise me if it derails quickly. I don't like to hear it. I don't necessarily agree with it either. If, if you feel that way, why are we even doing this? Why even go down this road? Why spend the money on testing? Why put the players through this? Why are we even at this point? Why put the sport through what was kind of a black eye through the economic aspect of this? I don't agree with it. Why have the amount of players that you can pull from in the pool of players? I think they're going to go for it. I think they can do it. And here's the thing. As players report, you're going to hear about the amount of players that do test positive. I think we'd be naive to think that we're not going to hear about it. But you got to stay with it. It's going to happen. 65780. Do you think this happens? Do you think we get to opening day late in July and we say play ball? I do. I think it happens. 65780. Air Comfort Service text line. Rhino Shield. Mic drop. It's no licking hands. No spitting. No showers for players. Urging players to limit meals on the road to be prepared. Servings at the ballpark and the team hotel. They want them to enjoy the meals in their room, socially distanced from teammates, sitting side by side more than six feet apart at the least. 
Avoid common areas at the hotel. From the 636, by far, in capital letters, the safest sport to play, yet the most unwilling. Cheers to hockey. Here's the thing, though. You know, hockey and the NBA, they, they've got the, um, the bubble, and they're still trying to figure out what cities to do with hockey. We know that the NBA, they're going down to Disney World and baseball doing it in home cities, and they're going to be open to the general public. Yet, baseball's got a big pool of players to choose from if they get hit. And the NBA, you got five starters on the floor and yet not as big a pool of players. Same thing with hockey. That's what concerns me there. That's my concern there. Coronavirus testing has begun at NBA facilities across the country this week. Several players have already tested positive. That's according to Jason Anderson this morning in the Sacramento Bee. That's concerning. Adrian Wojciechowski. Now, he's saying they are much more concerned about what will happen within the bubble once players are sealed away if there are positive tests that start to occur. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Yes, um, the level of, of concern has increased, not just because of the increased levels in Florida, but throughout the country if we were to have significant spread of coronavirus through our community. That, that ultimately might lead us to stop him. So the bottom line, Silver and the NBA will just have to try and live with the virus. My ultimate conclusion is that we, we can't outrun the virus and that this is what we're going to be living with for the foreseeable future. We're, we're, we're never going to say that there, there, there's nothing that would cause us to change our plans. You know, one, one thing we're learning with this virus is so much is unpredictable. So, you know, we, we will, we're not saying full steam ahead no matter what happens. We're going to see how this continues to play out, but we feel very comfortable right now with where we are. Okay, so they're going to go full steam ahead at Disney. NHL still trying to figure out the two cities. And a month from now, we could have sports rolling. You've got golf already going, NASCAR going. Uh, you could be with the uh, Major League Baseball. You could have NBA. You could have the NHL. Man, I hope so. Man, I hope so. Teams, this is from the 618, all have 50 players to choose from. Actually, 60 if you want to get technical. Play until you can't field nine. Well, I think that's the thing about, you know, Major League Baseball. What's the breaking point? And I, I don't know that answer. I, I'm not sure. You know, when does it become too much? And I think that is the massive question for Major League Baseball. So, you know, you, you could have a player or two test positive. You pull them out. They quarantine, and then you have to have two negative tests before you're added back in. But if you have, let's say, you know, your entire infield wiped out, is that too much? I don't know that answer. I just don't. Um, your entire starting staff wiped out. They quarantine. Do they come back in? Is that too much? I don't know. For you as a fan, is it too much? For Major League Baseball, the competitive balance of the sport, is that too much? I don't know. But that's something that Major League Baseball will have to answer. I just don't know. What is too much? And it's risky because you're amongst the, the general public. So essentially, and I, I saw Dave Roberts talk about this. I saw A.J. Preller talk about this. 
and I heard John Mosellock talk about this. What you're asking your traveling party, which includes uh, front office, um, those that are in the clubhouse, your players, your coaches, your manager, you're just saying, hey, we are putting a lot of trust in you. And your teammates are saying, look, I appreciate it in years past when you've had that arm around me when I made a great play or a pat on the butt, uh, a pick-me-up, whatever. I appreciate you as a teammate, but now I'm relying on you for my health. So it wouldn't surprise me as they gather and they continue to gather to get ready for summer camp that some of these veterans pulled young guys aside especially and just say, look, as much as you want to go out and grab a beer at night or head to go grab a steak or go get something to eat, we can't do it. I just need you to stay in that hotel as tough as it might be. And we're all human beings and we want to do it. And me, hey, I I don't blame the guy for wanting to go do it just for these two months. Can't do it. I'm just relying on you not to do it. Very, very tough ask. You know, we uh, all as human beings, we want to go out and do these things. I just need you to not not do it. It's going to be tough. It's a tough ask. But that's what we're asking them to do. Can it be done? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Will it be? We're going to find out. Dustin Johnson won the Travelers Championship yesterday, ends a long drought, and extends his career-long season victory streak to 13. I'm proud of all of them, obviously. And you win the U.S. Open at Oakmont. It's is my biggest win for sure. But you know, winning winning 13 years straight on the tour is, is a pretty big accomplishment. So um, you know, they're they're pretty close to you know with. Uh, you know what I'm most proud of? He's amazing, man. Watch him hit a golf ball. And I'm loving how they're doing the broadcast. Yeah, there's no fans, but I'm still riveted when I watch because they're just showing so much of the golf in terms of just shot after shot after shot. They did have another player uh, test positive. It's hitting the golf world. It has found a way in, even though they've done an incredible job of testing the players. Um, but yet they're finding a way. Dustin Johnson wins again. It's fun seeing Phil in contention. We're going to talk golf in just a moment. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been fun. It has been fun. And I hope some of the top players continue to play because it's been a diversion on the weekends to watch golf. I am a golf fan, full disclosure. Not everybody is. But yet, it's live sports back on our TVs. So, that is enjoyable. Coming up, we'll talk golf, what it means for our community. Nick Ragone next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Leader in our community has been Nick Ragone and Ascension. We have the Ascension Charity Classic coming up. We hope later in the summer into the fall, and it's a golf tournament that will be held at Norwood Hills Country Club. And on this Monday morning, I get to say hello to my friend, Nick Ragone. Nick, how you doing? Danny, it's great to hear your voice. You know, we're so used to hearing your your voice is one of the sounds of summer. And uh, speaking for all of St. Louis, we miss it. Uh, believe me, I miss doing it too, man. I, I miss baseball dearly. You know I love golf, so I've got my fingers crossed. I'm knocking on wood. I'm, I'm doing anything I can to make sure that we have golf later this summer. What do you think? Can we pull this thing off? Yeah, things are looking good. You know, last week we announced that uh, Emerson is now going to be the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. And as you know, there's no better corporate partner in all of this region and all the country than Emerson. They are so deeply committed to St. Louis and particularly North County. You know, we're holding this at Norwood Hills and Emerson is headquartered right there. And so I just I couldn't be more pleased with 
Even during uh, this COVID pandemic, all that's going on, Emerson has stepped up in a big way, which doesn't surprise anybody given their deep commitment to our area. And then Worldwide Technologies as well, which is also another outstanding company, uh, a, a big part of our, the DNA of this com- uh, community, and they're a founding partner of the tournament. So we feel like we couldn't have a better team um, to represent the St. Louis region and create something you know, truly special for our area. The PGA Tour champions, unlike the PGA Championship, this is every year. So this will be every year. And we think it's going to be a cornerstone of kind of the sports landscape in St. Louis and in more particularly in North County as we try to raise charity and economic uh, development for our region. And so it's October 4th. We still have about 100 days so far. Things are tracking okay. Um, we're trying to figure out now if, if, if we'll have fans or not. And that's really a decision by the tour, the County Department of Health, and our own clinicians at Ascension to figure out, is it going to be safe? Our number one concern, Danny, as you know, is, is safety for fans. For, for volunteers, for the golfers, and so uh, we're still taking a wait-and-see approach. It's pretty amazing. Even during a pandemic, the corporate sponsors here in this town stepping up for an event like that, uh, and and the, just the way the community gets behind our own. It's it's just amazing, isn't it? Um, St. Louis love St. Louis. There's no other. I've you know I've lived on the East Coast most of my life. I've been here six years now, and I never want to leave St. Louis. I feel like. My wife and I are committed to this community. It's unlike any place in the country. And I know if you've been here for your whole life, you sometimes forget how special St. Louis is and how much we love our sports and more importantly, how much we love our community. And so the fact that Emerson and Worldwide would step up in this way, and there's many, many, many partners as well, and I can't name them all, but this community rallies around this community. And I think we're all blessed to to have the great companies headquartered here. And like I said, Norwood Hills is a special place. As you know, you've played it many times. It's a historic golf course in North County, held the 48 PGA that Ben Hogan won right adjacent to Emerson. And we think that this is going to be a pillar of the community for a long time. And hopefully Danny catalyzed more economic charitable investment in North County. We don't want it to just end with the tournament. We want it to start there. Well, how closely are you watching uh, the PGA tour and how they're able to pull this off during a pandemic and, and taking notes uh, to make sure that you can pull off your event? Very closely. So I, I have regular conversations with the commissioner. We uh, the, the big tour has been up for three weeks now. They just finished yesterday in Hartford. Um, they've tried to create a bubble environment. They've had a few players test positive, but I think Jay Monahan and the tour are doing a, a really good job at trying to trying to make this as safe as possible for the players. Now, in a few weeks, they're going to start bringing back fans at Muirfield, um, Jack Nicholas's tournament in July in Ohio. And I think the whole tour, and I, I really, I think the sporting landscape is going to be focused on that to see you know, is that really possible? Can it be done in a safe way? And so uh, we're fortunate that we fall on the schedule in October. We have a little bit more time to observe. But as I've said all along, um, we, we are going to put safety first. So we, we, we think we'll have a tournament, you know, unless something happens. But whether or not we'll have fans is going to be a different issue. And, and safety is the number one concern. And if we don't have fans, we're still going to put on an amazing event with some of the best players in the, in the world. Um, Ernie Els has turned 50, Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, Phil, Phil just turned 50. We're hoping Phil makes his debut in St. Louis. And the PJ Tour is committed to this event. They think this is going to be an elite event for years to come. And, you know, the whole world saw what happened at Bell Reeve in 2018. The PGA and Bell Reeve put on one of the best tournaments in the history of golf. And, and this market deserves to have a regular tournament every year that just keeps growing and growing, gives more and more to charity every year. I, I'm assuming um, when the pandemic hit, uh, the folks at Ascension and, and all our 
our first line responders, all our caregivers. Uh, they stepped up in such a big way and they continue to do so. But Ascension, uh, you guys are in all different markets around the country and, and now have a foothold a little bit here in St. Louis. What, what's it been like, Nick, to see um, your coworkers just step up and, and do what they've done in a selfless way? Uh, well, selfless way is the right word. And, and everybody knows, um, and they should know that caregivers, frontline workers, they are superheroes without capes, as I like to say, and they're extraordinary people. I, I've been inspired. Every, you know, we're in 20 states. We have 160,000 associates. We have 150 hospitals. We're one of the largest health care systems in the world. And we, we had some of the earliest cases of COVID in Chicago in late January. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm uh, every day I get emails or I read about what our caregivers are doing, and it moves me to tears just seeing uh, these are people that are, you know, they're sued up every day and uh, thinking not about their safety, but our safety and giving care to people that need it. And so um, any any day, you know, we have a kudos board. It's public where we give kudos to our own caregivers. And whenever I'm feeling a little down, I go to our kudos board and just look at the inspirational pictures and the stories of what we're doing. And I feel better about uh, us as a country. And I really do think, uh, and I know we have amazing systems here in St. Louis and caregivers and we all owe a debt of gratitude for anybody that's a frontline caregiver during these times. You know, before all this hit, uh, you and I had teamed up and we were talking about uh, what we could do with, with various things in North County. And then all of a sudden the social unrest really hit. It's come to the forefront. Um, I know you're involved with some of the things that are going on in Ferguson as well. Maybe you can uh, dive into and, and tell our fans this is so much more than golf. Because when I talked to you, you said... We want to make sure that we're doing something to make a difference uh, with communities in North County. So can you explain where some of that money goes and, and how you're going to try to make a difference? Sure. And, and when we started talking with the tour about making something really special for the St. Louis region, uh, our one condition was it had to be in North County. It had to be at Norwood in North County to help catalyze economic long-term economic development, charitable giving, growth, in the North County and Ferguson, Flores, and Jennings area, because uh, as a region, we all have a responsibility, all corporate partners, all citizens, to make sure that everybody's doing well and that we leave nobody behind. And so that was always our vision going back two years ago, and, and that's why some of the corporate partners so quickly agreed to be a part of this. And so all the proceeds from this tournament, which is our model at Ascension and the PGA Tours model, go to charity. So in this case, our, our, our big three charities are Mary Grove, the Boys and Girls Club, and the Urban League. But there's going to be dozens of other charities in the North County region that are going to benefit from this tournament. We really hope, like I said before, that this is a, as I like to call it, a tentpole event for the long term that's going to, you know, catalyze and encourage and inspire other companies, small businesses, and others to figure out how, how can we make a difference in the North County region. And so... Uh, we couldn't be more delighted, again, with having Emerson and Worldwide be a part of that with us. Nick Gregone is my guest from the Ascension Charity Classic. Not to embarrass you here, Nick, but uh, Jay Delsing and I got together, I guess it was about six weeks ago, and we said, man, we got to do something. So we wanted to do something for Operation Food Search. The first guy we called was Nick Ragone, and we put on an event <clears throat> that was on Channel 2. It was myself, Bernie Federko, uh, Ozzie Smith, and uh, and Jay. And so basically, we went to Channel 2 and said, we're going to put on a half-hour special. All the money goes to Operation Food Search. We called up Nick Ragone. We said, Nick, would Ascension get behind this? You said, when and where? I want to say thank you for doing that. We raised thousands of dollars for Operation Food Search. You guys, you really don't say no to anything, do you? You're, you're there to help. Um, well, it's hard to say no to you and Jay Delsing, but uh, <laughs> it's a great cause. I think uh, I was so... Uh, 
impressed with the way you and Jay put that together so quickly. And obviously Bernie and Ozzy and the sports community here has rallied around, you know, the last three months, the way we do, the way St. Louis does. And uh, I, I, you know, it's, uh, we need to continue to think about um, COVID and people are still suffering. We're seeing surges all across the country. Uh, there's lots of issues related to it, not just care, but food security, uh, people, you know, struggling with their work or daycare. And so we're going to continue to find ways, Ascension and all of us should. How can we help those that need help right now during this as, this time? And uh, just so appreciative. And, and Jay Delsing, by the way, let me give a shout out, has been a great uh, consultant and advisor to us on this, as has Jay Williams. Jay Williamson. And we, you know, we have two great PJ Tour pros, um, longtime pros right in our area that have been very supportive. Tom O'Toole, former USGA president as well. And so uh, the golf community has really supported us as well. I was going to ask you about that. What has the golf community done for you in terms of trying to get behind this? What Give us a little peek behind the curtain, what you've been uh, doing with them. Yeah, the golf community, I mean, St. Louis has one of the most robust golf communities in the country too. And uh, early on when we decided to do this, well, we reached out to Bell Reeve and um, Lisa Girl, the president there, Mike DeCola and uh, Bob Tommaso and others who helped put on the PGA. And they couldn't have been more gracious and helpful and, and really just guiding us on sort of how to put on a big event. Now, the PGA was run by the PGA of America. This is the PGA Tour. But there's it's just wonderful. And I've met with leadership from all of our major private courses and public courses around here all the golf institutions of the players like Jay and Jay and others and Tom O'Toole and people like yourself that are, you know, I call golf adjacent that are part of the sports community. The blues and the Cardinals have been enormously helpful. I mean, everybody sees it as a win, right? Sports wins are one of the things that St. Louis is great at. And so uh, on the heels of the PGA and the blues winning the cup and all the great momentum we had, obviously the Cardinals being great. Um, the sports community has really rallied. I have a text wanting me to ask you about this. So this is more about golf. So so buckle up here, uh, Nick. So it says Norwood is a, in capital letters, perfect venue for seniors. That time of year, they can get the greens lightning fast. So look out. So how about the course? How's that going to look in uh, early October? What do you think? You know, it, it, it's a great, great, great test of golf. The um, When we had our press conference, Billy Andrade and Hale Irwin came out there. Obviously, Hale being from here. And Hale, Hale, by the way, has been hugely helpful, too, and will be in the future. Billy took a tour of the course, absolutely fell in love with it. And he's been telling the other players, they're going to love this venue. The Greens, um, the Greens, we could get them as fast as we want. I think the PGA Tour champions likes to keep them in the 9 to 10 stimp range instead of the 13 or 14 that they can get to. So we'll probably actually slow the Greens down, but I think it'll be a wonderful test of golf. Um, anyone that's played Norwood, that is a championship course. You're, you're not going to see 22 under win it. I think it'll <laughs> there'll be some good scores, but they're going to love the course. And, you know, Norwood's a great piece of property. It has 36 holes. We're going to have, we will have the pro-ams, and that's different than um, the PGA at Bell Reeve. You know, as you know, playing in those pro-ams is as much fun as you can have as an amateur being alongside some of the greats of the game. So we'll have plenty of pro-ams. Uh, in a couple weeks, we'll, We'll probably be announcing some of the legends of the game that are going to be coming out here and making a special stop in St. Louis. So we, we're going to have an amazing field, and Norwood is going to show really, really well. You mentioned earlier the name of Phil Mickelson. Can you entice him to come out, or is that going to be too far-fetched? What do you think? You know, Phil is, is, uh, Phil is the big get. He just turned 50. He played good. Uh, he played well uh, at Hartford for the first two days. Oh, yeah. On the weekend. Um, I would encourage everybody that has a Twitter handle. Phil, as you know, is very active on social <laughs> media, very active on Twitter. 
feel free to tweet him and tell him how great St. Louis is and how much he'll enjoy it. And uh, I know Phil wants to start winning again, and I think at the Champions Tour he can start winning again. And so we're going to do everything we can to lobby Phil and encourage him. And uh, we, uh, our tournament director Barney Hinkle, who uh, his brother Lon Hinkle was a former player on the tour. We're we're all working at trying to get Phil. Um, at the end of the day, Phil keeps counsel with Phil. But we're if you if you have a Twitter handle, tweet Phil and tell him to come to St. Louis. Now, I know John Daly loves St. Louis, huge Cardinal fan. I was supposed to play golf with John Daly. He had a he had a bobblehead night and a meet-and-greet night at Bush Stadium. Um, so we were going to play golf together. I was so excited about it. So is John committed for sure to coming in to, to play in this event? Uh, we haven't had the commitment yet because it's too far out, but we, we, we expect J.D. will be in the field for sure. Like you said, he's uh, I think he's from, uh, I want to say Cape Girardeau maybe. or he's, I, I know he spent time in Missouri. He's from Missouri. He loves this area. Uh, obviously, he was at Bell Reeve as a former PGA champion, and so I, I expect JD will be in the field. And like I said, they will, it will be as strong a field as they have, in part because there haven't been a lot of events. And we also have a great spot in the calendar. You know, we're two weeks before the U.S. Open and one week before the Ryder Cup, and so it goes U.S. Open, Ryder Cup, Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson, and so uh, you know now there's. Just talk about the Ryder Cup and what happens with that, but we'll have a great spot in the schedule, and we expect to see. The, the, I mean, these guys are extraordinary. You know that. The best player, Ernie Els have been playing great. Jim Furyk is still competitive on the tour. Steve Stricker is competitive on the tour. And obviously, we want to get Phil. And then, you know, in a couple of years, a guy named Tiger turns 50. Amazing. Um, let's uh, wrap it up with this. Best way to maybe get a hold of you or somebody from the Ascension Charity Classic to, to get involved uh, from the corporate side, or, or maybe even if there's some tickets, if they do become available, what's the best way to do it? Visit our website, ascensioncharityclassic.com, and that'll still have all the information. Or you can follow me on Twitter. It's just Nick Ragone 2 I'm on Twitter. It's easy to reach me. And if you're interested, certainly reach out to me. And we'll uh, we'll continue. In the next couple of weeks, we'll have some more announcements, and I'll continue to uh, to do media and update the community. And, again, thank you, Danny, just for being such a great supporter. And looking forward to having baseball back. Me too. Hey, Nick, thanks so much. Thanks for what you're doing for our community. Appreciate it. Take care, Danny. Thank you. You got it. That's Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic. Uh, we'll open it up again. 65780 Air Comfort Service text line. Rhino Shield mic drops as well. This is 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time check, 1042 in St. Louis, presented by Clarkson Jewelers. Dan McLaughlin with you. We're going to go to Centene in a moment. Now we have the Air Comfort Service tax line. Rhino Shield mic drop. It's open for you. From the 636, do we know when the schedule is going to be released? The only thing I've heard is that Washington and the New York Yankees would probably open up the season. So you'd have Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer on opening night. In terms of the Cardinals schedule, I have not heard. I would assume that comes out in the next 24, 48 hours. Have to have that coming out pretty soon. Uh, there will be some national games that have to be chosen by Fox and ESPN. And then you've got your local television. Radio has to get set. So that's got to come out pretty soon. Um, but that would, I would assume, has to be the next day or two. Uh, definitely by the end of the week, you would have to have that out. Uh, let's see. Um, I was asking before, Buster only said he didn't think that this is going to work. So what did you think? 314. 
I don't. I don't think it's going to work. Love the show. Love your optimism, Danny Mac. Don't think it's going to work. I think if they would have used bubble cities, they would have had a better chance. Again, uh, the Players Association, remember when they started negotiating all this, they had the chance to say, do you want to try a bubble city? Um, At that point in time in our country, if you were going to do... The bubble cities, more than likely, you are looking at spring training facilities. So you are looking at Florida, Arizona, and remember, they mixed in Texas. Well, things have gotten so fluid, you're not going down to Florida, more than likely, with what's happening now. You're not going to Arizona. You're not going to Texas. Everything's fluid. Uh, They've talked about going to various spots now if they're going to open it up to go to home cities. And the players said no. they They did not want that. They wanted to be able to be in their homes. So the players did have that choice. They did not want that. And so they said, okay, if we're going to do this, we'll do home cities. And if they have to, they would go to different places. So I don't know if, you know, if they needed to go to Memphis, if they need to go to Springfield, would they do that? Um, I guess they could. They could find different places to go play, but they're going to try to do it. I think the benefit that baseball has over the other cities, which I mentioned before, is the fact that they have a bigger pool of players to choose from. Rhino Shield, Mike Drop, we go to Steven. Hey, Danny, I think that if, you know, they're going to go through with this, why wouldn't they put 20,000 fans in a 50-seat-thousand stadium, you know, and spray some out two by two, maybe a couple fours in there, but, you know, figure it out logistically, you know, how you could do it. And I just don't see why you wouldn't at this point if you're going to go ahead and play. You know, why couldn't you socially distance people, limit the vendors, and make them people wear masks? I think they'd rather do that. Some teams have talked about potentially, eventually, trying to get fans Uh, into the ballpark. One of those owners was Jim Crane uh, in Houston saying that he'd love to get uh, fans in the stands and try to do it right away, trying to recoup some type of the money back into the coffers of the owners. Um, The problem is, how do you do it? Uh, How do you get fans in the stands? Logistically, I think it might be a nightmare. Literally trying to get the fans in the stands. I mean, literally. You know, lining up the fans into the ballpark. Um, But Again, it's it's early. We got a couple of months and eventually be three months trying to get fans in the stands. They're going to look at it. There's no question they're going to look at it. Um, <laughs> the way things have gone, I don't think anything's out of the equation. 314, as soon as a league gets 5 to 10 positive, it's likely the plug will get pulled. I don't, I don't look at it that way. Not at all. You, you've already seen... For instance, the Phillies have had, what, seven positives? Didn't pull the plug. They quarantine, and they'll be back in. So, no, I I don't think that's it at all. Now, if we get into regular season play, and you've got, let's say, the starting lineup of the Phillies that goes out, that's a different question. That would be a different question. That's a different question. Hmm. 314, how about the example the PGA is setting with playing with COVID? I I think the PGA has done it about as good as you can. Um, They've had, what, four or five positive tests, and some of those have been the caddies. And players have said, like Brooks Kepka has said, okay, my caddy tested positive. I believe it was Kepka, And he said, okay, for safety reasons, I'm going to pull out. Um, which is unfortunate because I think his brother had an exemption. He pulled out as well. And then he said, I'm not going to play. Um, they, they've they tried. I mean, they, they're trying as much as they can. I mean, they test. They test daily. 
And if a guy hits it, then they just pull out. The virus, just watching it from what they're doing, I mean, as much as they can, anybody that steps foot on those grounds is tested. I mean, from the cameraman to those on the broadcast to uh, those that carry the bags to the players, they're all tested. It finds its way in. I mean, it's just the way it is. And then you pull out, you quarantine, test negative twice, and you're back in. It's not easy to do. It's just not easy to do. It's just very tough. It's it's going to be tough. 636, too much money is on the line and in these leagues to restart up. Not a chance. They don't go through it unless they sit there and say that there's just not enough money. Well, that's why they're doing it. I mean, players are going to make a lot of money. Owners are going to lose money. But I think they're looking at it as, hey, let's get it on the air and not shut down the sport in baseball's case for going dark for 18 months. And that's right. You don't want to be dark for 18 months. You don't want to be out of the American conscience for 18 months. You know, that, and that would be the case. The last meaningful game for the sport would be Game 7 of the World Series last year. Um, and that's why you do it. You want to make sure you're still relevant. You still want to be relevant. And I applaud baseball for coming together economically. It's not pretty. Not pretty at all. But they're trying. And I applaud the players for doing it. Applaud them for doing it. All these sports for doing it. It's not ideal, but it's sports. They're doing it. Quick timeout. Cross it over from Centene. Ribs and BK coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs, the crossover on 101 ESPN. Ribs and BK, they're coming up. I'll have the Redbird Report at 6 later tonight. And Ribs and BK, they're... Well, they're not coming in this week. They're going to be over at the Centene Ice Center. Guys, how's it going over there? We're hanging in there, Danny Mac. We're, uh, you know what, we're excited for hockey, so we thought we would just be a bunch of dorks and hang out at the hockey rink until Blues Hockey's back. I like it. Describe the scene over there. What's it like? Well, uh, they've done a fantastic job. You walk in, and the the people here at the Centene Community Ice Center do a great job making sure that everybody is safe and taken care of, and we have some young youth hockey kids buzzing around out there. Synergy Hockey's got a camp going on this week, so... A little bit of action going on during the day, but uh, tell you what, it's fun to be back in the building. I bet it is. BK, what's coming up on the show? We got a good one today, Dan. I mean, that's no different than a typical show for of course. us. But we, uh, <laughs> we've got Erica Weston coming on with us at noon today. And, Dan, I got to give you credit because you've been consistent on this throughout, and the Cardinals have been consistent on, the, on it throughout. They've got a message that they're sending with Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, and Lane Thomas. And we're going to dive into that coming up here in just a little bit. All right, looking forward to the show. Ribs and BK next on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.